0: This is The Ed Milet Show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Fired up. I reached out to this woman to be on my show after I experienced her work. And I haven't done that in probably two years. I was telling her, I said, I want you to come on my show. Then I found out she followed all of my friends and peers except me (laughs) in the personal development, business, (laughs) self-help space, whatever you want to call it. I think that this is one of the most talented artists in any craft on the planet today. And that's why I wanted her here. Stay here, I mean it. She has a special out on Netflix right now called Mom Jeans, which I've watched four times, including last night with my kids, and we were literally belly laughing, falling over. She has a hugely successful podcast with her husband, Tom Segura, called your mom's house. She's got another podcast called Where My Mom's At. And I cannot wait for this hour because I want to know you and I want you to help Aww. a bunch of people. So, Christina P., welcome to the show. Oh,
1: my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And, yeah, when I when you reached out to me, I was like, who, who is this maniac? And then I took a dive, and then I started listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm like, dude, I know why you reached out. Because mm-hmm. it's game-recognized game, homie.
0: That's right. That's right, homie. You
1: and I are on the same frequency, I feel.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. We both yeah. were raised a little different.
1: You yeah. know, and <laughs> different.
0: Yeah, well, yours comes out and being so funny. I just, you guys, if you haven't seen Mom Jeans, you guys, it's, it's, uh, make me emotional even talking. I don't, Aww. it's so good because it's, it's art. Like you, you will laugh really, 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 really hard. And then you're going to really think about your life though, too. And, uh, it's a beautiful hour.
1: Ah, oh, well, thank you. I'm glad that you, um, you're going to make me cry. Damn mm-hmm. it
0: do it, I do it there these
1: feelings, I know you and your feelings you're so connected.
0: Mm-hmm. well, I think by the end, we'll be really connected.
1: How did so. I mean you're connected to yourself. How did you do that?
0: Thank you um, work, you know, I think maybe when you're raised where you're disconnected from who's raising yeah. you, you have no choice but to maybe find a way to connect somewhere, and that's usually either with yourself or with God or something like yeah. that, and so. I think you become really, like, self-aware and self-reflective when you might not have a connection with one of your parents, don't you think?
1: Oh, 100%. I mean, I spent my childhood hiding from my parents. I was an only child. And so Mm. it was, you know, in my room with the record player or watching... These sitcoms watching television and studying how supposedly normal people behaved. Me too. Right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, is that is that how families act? Are they nice to each other? It's so weird.
0: Did you think that growing up? Like, I wonder like I would look at other families and go, Oh, like they just sit there and talk with each other and no one's drunk. <laughs> no one's yelling. Everyone's is that, are they faking it? Yeah. Did, you, did yeah. you think that?
1: I 100% did. And the first time I visited my husband's family, my future in laws, right? I remember them being like talking to each other and being like, how was your day? What'd you do today? Oh, did you do that thing that you said you were going to do? And I was like, wait a minute, you guys, you ask each other? Like, <laughs> yeah,
0: me too. Yeah, me or, too. Or
1: the her her the, the sister was like, mom, can you bring me a bowl of cereal? And I was like, if I had even requested that, me too. I'd be like, whoa, get your own cereal. What's your f? Crazy. I cursed already on your show.
0: No, it's okay. Um, I, I remember the first time I went over a friend's house and they like sat at a dinner table and the mom brought like fruit over to the table. I was like, wow, this is a, you guys, we ate on the floor. Like it yeah. was it wasn't, and by the way, I have a great mom. I had a great dad too once he got sober, but that took a while. So I want you to describe your upbringing a little bit and I want to get to know you. And by the way, everyone, you're going to really, I think fall in love with her today and also there's gonna be a lot of insights on how you can change your own life Everything we do Mm. here is like change your own life And I know if you know Christina P at all like she does really funny stuff most of the time and it's light But there's a depth to you. See I watch a lot of comedy Mm. And I love comedy because it's the best public speakers in the world And that's one of the things I do is I study you guys and how you do it But there's depth to you that I've not seen in anybody else And anyone else, and I think that's because of your upbringing. So you have two parents, yeah. the good parent who you speak highly of is <laughs> who. I, who, who I this is was. the good one, by the way. <laughs> and so, as I understand it, you're the good one. Your dad has been married five times. <laughs> is that right? Is it five?
1: Well, you know, there's a little factual fudging here and there, okay. but yeah, a few times.
0: Is he really married to someone that much younger than him? Is that actually a true story, or mm. date someone younger than him?
1: Younger, yeah. yeah. No, I, I fudge a little. Yeah,
0: oh, well, everybody does in this. Yeah, it's for, it's
1: for comedic uh, purposes. But the, but the gist of it is, yes. Your dad was a player. Oh, I mean, well, yeah, let, let, I'll give you the stats. So, okay. um, parents are Hungarian immigrants. They escape okay. from communism, 1969. They get married at 19 and 20. Wow. And leave their country at that young age. Can you even imagine no. being like, I'm up, I'm, I'm out, let's escape. Escape communism, bro. Yeah. They go to Canada. Uh, they have me in Canada, and then we moved to the US in 1980. By then, their marriage has just dissolved because my mother is mentally ill. She's a borderline, but back then, nobody called it anything. We didn't know it, mm-hmm. and she later became schizophrenic. And my father um, is an, is an alcoholic, obviously, to deal with his... You know, they had horrendous upbringings. Mm-hmm. It's not their faults, right? Uh, they divorce, and then it's me alone ping-ponged between my mentally ill mother or my alcohol- alcoholic, sex addict father. Wow. Right, but you know but you know it. Because mm-hmm. did your parents stay together? Yeah. Ugh, I'm not yeah. sure what's worse.
0: Well, mine was redemptive because my mom was well-adjusted. My mom was there and was solid. The reason I probably connect with you is I picture your dad maybe not all that much, unlike my dad. And then I'm thinking, though, if I didn't have my mom, and then you having a probably even more disconnected mother. Yeah. And I'm I literally... I'll be honest with you. I'm watching your show. I want to make sure I do a great interview with you today because I actually feel like this can care for you from watching you, which is a comedy special. (laughs) I've never laughed harder either. But when you were speaking and doing your show, I was picturing you as a little girl. I was actually picturing it with your mom and how, like, Scary that it might have been sometimes seeing her not be functional and normal and losing her temper and stuff like that. What yeah. can you tell us a little bit what it was actually like now that you're off stage? What's the real?
1: <sighs> it's uh, God, I'm like, I'm still in therapy, you know, mm-hmm. just to just to let people know, like, I've, I've been in uh, therapy for uh, 12 years, and mm-hmm. then I feel like just now I'm getting into the actual trauma work mm-hmm. where you feel the feelings of terror that you had as a child. Mm. And I had terror and, and fear because there was no... There's no safe place yeah. w- when you're like that, right? So mm. my mother would become... I remember one time... She made these lunches for me that I didn't like. It was like Hungarian lunch, you know? like Like salami with butter. And I, I take it to school and I'm like, I don't want to eat this. You know, everyone's making fun of me because I'm a foreigner. And so I hide the sandwiches in the bottom of my book bag because I don't, I can't throw them out because I feel too guilty about throwing them out. I'll get in trouble. And I can't tell her that I don't like the sandwiches. I can't tell her because she'll get mad. So I, I hide a bunch. Of, eventually, I have a stockpile of like 14 or 15. God, kind of, my hands are sweating. you telling the story. And I hid them in my closet. Well, eventually, the stench of 14 or 15 salami and butter sandwiches mm-hmm. caught up. And she found them, and it was a rage. And mm-hmm. it was like, you know, it, everything. My anger, and then and then mm-hmm. she kicks me out. And that's the beginning of, like, kicking me out to go live with my father. Mm-hmm. And my dad's house wasn't a lot better. So that, you know, because of alcohol and mm-hmm. girls and party and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like I'm betrayed everywhere. I go, I look, Mm -hmm. and I don't have a safe place, and Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's scary and terrifying.
0: What's your day-to-day like, then? Are you always scared? Always do you have... Were you not a confident kid? The reason I ask Mm -hmm. people, you know why I'm asking you this. People, millions of people listening to this will be like, okay, there's a piece of me in her. Yeah. I really believe this in life. Like, if you really want to impress everybody, just show them how perfect you are. If you want to connect with people and help them, show them your imperfections. (laughs) For sure. And you and I both do a really good job of that. And so you're this little girl, and I just picture you bouncing from these two dysfunctional people. Yeah. And with no other, even siblings to grab onto and say, okay, they love me, they'll protect me. Nothing. No.
1: But you know who I did have along the way were sensible adults teachers that I liked and that mm. I could speak to. I had American... I say American because, like, you know, I'm, I'm an alien in the sense... You know this, too, as a child of an alcoholic. You're an alien because you're different, and you know it, and you can't tell people at school, like, mm. what's going on at home, because you know that that's a secret you must keep. Mm. So I would go to my friend's house. I lived at my friend's house. By the time I was 12, I was out. Sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. by the time I'm 12, I have this epiphany that I'm alone. Mm. Truly alone, in an existential... Like, I was a latchkey kid, so I was physically alone, but that I was an adult. I was gone. Mm. So I would would try to stay at my friends' houses and get the out, but... Uh, how did I... I'll tell you what I did know at that age. Is that my suffering... Mm. You know when you're like, you know you're suffering, but you don't really know as a kid. You don't know. It's all you know. But I knew that there was something inside of me... that was resilient. There is some magic. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. I would watch Pippi Longstocking. Me too. Yeah. So did I. Yeah, and it was like, because of those characters, Mm -hmm. because of the the mythologies and the whatever it is I was glomming onto stories, Mm -hmm. I would, like, pretend to be that person. Like, my life isn't this, I'm Pippi Long... Isn't this fun that I, I actually turn it into, like, I'm living with my single dad, and he makes me eat on paper plates, but... I can cut my spaghetti with scissors because I'm Pippi Longstocking. Like, yeah. I turned it into a fun thing. Yep, yep. You too?
0: Yeah, I think that... Look, stuff's overset in personal development. Everything's happening for me, not to me. I don't know if I was the first person to say that, or the third. I'd like to think I was the first. But sometimes that stuff's easy to say and, and hard to apply. But I do think, like, I I became really resilient because of it. I became... I really, you know, like in the business world, I've made a lot of money. One of the ways I've made a lot of money is like two things, both of them, because my dad was a drinker. One, Mm. I've learned to be really... read people well. Mm -hmm. And be present with them. The reason was I had to figure out when my dad was coming through that front door, which one was I getting? Was I getting the sober one who was gonna be, okay, we're gonna have dinner and play basketball? Or was it the drunk one and, you know, maybe my mom and sister should go upstairs, so I would read this man. And that, I didn't know, Napoleon Hill says in Think and Grow Rich. Love
1: that book. Me
0: too. It's the second best book ever written on personal, other than The Power of One More, which is sitting next to you. Yeah. And (laughs) But in that book, he says, on the other side of temporary pain, you meet your other self. Mm. And I met this version of me that wouldn't have existed where I'm really good at reading people and being present with them. And then the other thing I'm decent at doing is communicating. So are you. And because I had to learn how to talk to my dad when he was in those mm. states so that I could change him just a little bit or even move certain ways I would move. Little did I know that those two things were forming this version of me that I would use someday to help millions of people. Mm-hmm. And I watch you and I watch your ability to have like insights into human beings behaviors mm-hmm. and how they move and operate, and how they think, and then your ability to communicate.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think, some of that's got to be part of the blessing of going through what you went through. Suffering. Suffering,
1: Suffering makes you funny. makes yeah. you clever. It makes you, uh, resourceful. Mm. You know, everybody I know, Ed, like, mm. like you, um, Most of the guys I know that are hugely successful didn't graduate from Harvard.
2: Yeah. Right. Me too.
1: (laughs) Were crappy at school and had horrible upbringings. Isn't it interesting? It's the secret sauce, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is. But I think for me, my father loved comedy and, and good humor. So I was watching Richard Pryor when I was Little and Aunt Eddie Murphy, and Saturday Night Live, and Cheech and Chong, and this was my education. And then the Truly Tasteless joke books, I would memorize those, because those would be in the bathroom. And I would tell those jokes to my father or to my schoolmates at school. I would go to school in, like, third grade, and I would repeat these jokes that are, you know, by today's standards, completely verboten, right? Like, blonde jokes and Jewish jokes and da-da-da-da-da. I didn't even know what what they were, Mm. but I knew that people laughed. Yeah. And that's how I could get out of stuff. And I also, I became entertaining to my dad so that I wasn't a burden.
2: Interesting. Yeah.
0: You, you, um, see, if you, right now, in the middle of this, like, took a minute and went over to YouTube and watched Christina, you'd see this, like, I mean, I'm just, I'm not saying it's a compliment. you just see this very powerful, very together, very, to walk out on a stage, any stage, and to own it like you do, there's a command. There's, There's something. So, I don't know if you've done a lot of interviews like this. I don't think you have. No, we
1: don't talk. Comedians are generally like, let's talk about our farts.
0: Right, but comedians are also usually pretty dark people in real life, right? Would you agree with that? I think that's one thing most people wouldn't know. My friends that are super funny or that do it for a living, there's a, I guess I'd call it a darkness or a pain or something they're moving away from most of the time in their life. Is that true?
1: Well, here's the deal. The funnier you are, the more you've embraced the darkness in my opinion. Mm. It's the funny the funniest ones are the ones who get who know it's there and don't push it away. That's why personally, my taste in comedy has always been Bill Hicks or Carlin or these guys. I love Greg Giraldo. He passed away from drugs, mm. but mm. these guys that could really harness the darkness yeah. and go there. I don't give a shit about cookie. What's the difference between Cookie and cookies? I don't care. Yeah. Shut up. Right. Tell me the real, mm. you know? Yeah. So, yes, but here's what I would argue, is that most people are dark. There's, everyone has the shadow self, and comedians are, aren't always afraid of going there. But oh. your accountant, your lawyer, your dentist, guess what? They're dark too, probably. Only true. Yeah, But pro- But you haven't looked. You don't want, you don't want to peek. Mm.
0: You if know? I'd have met you at, like, 12... Oh. Who would I, who would I be meeting?
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you do you though. You do you too, okay? Okay. Okay. Okay, so twelve, I started smoking cigarettes already. Okay. Started wearing all black. You did I was already, um, school was kinda not interesting. Mm-hmm. I wanna hang out, smoke cigarettes, listen to punk rock. I started I wanna go to nightclubs by thirteen, fourteen. I'm in goth nightclubs and like really? doing yeah just kind of angry and confused.
0: Go back a minute. I'll tell you me. Would yeah. You, is it really true that you were in bars with your dad when you were yeah. a little girl? That's actually true. That's a yeah. true part of your. Yeah, act.
1: That, that part's true. 100. percent
0: Your father would take you out to a bar at six, seven, eight years old, and you would be dancing to white lines in the bar. Is there some truth <laughs> to that?
1: Yeah, it's all true. So it's, that part's true, and that's why. I, so I actually paid out of my own money to license that Frankie Goes to Hollywood song. She, I relax. wanted at the
0: end. I. It's so I'm so screwed up because I know about all these things. I'm like, damn, she must have paid for that to be at the end because that ain't free. I, I thought about I that did. last
1: night. I paid so much money cuz Netflix <laughs> paid for my crazy outfit which was in fortune and they paid Beautiful. for this New York City it was like huge huge budget and yep. then I was like and I want Frankie goes to Hollywood and they it's like the
0: perfect ending no. yeah <laughs> you guys got to go see this but yeah. so that I want to say that So stay that's there.
1: True. so I go to so so wow. my dad my dad goes to party and and you know back in the old country you don't there's no babysitters so his dad would take him to the bar i imagine is what ha- that is that is what happened and so i grew up in bars and nightclubs very early so at third grade i've i've Actually, really fun memories as a kid, going to these bars and dancing and dancing to the '80s music, which is the best, dude. Mm-hmm. Like I really yeah. lucked out in that regard. And I was—I have a vivid memory of dancing with sailors. And there's literally sailors. They're at Fleet Week or, or whatever. And I'm this little girl. And that song "Moni Moni" comes on. Yes. And do you know what the hidden chorus is? Yeah. Hey, mother, ever get get effed? Right. And they—and right. here Everyone I am. Everyone yells it. Yeah, and then I was you know, like, you know what? And then I'm chanting it, like, <laughs> but it was fun for me. And, mm-hmm. and, You yeah. thought
0: White Lines was a coloring book? I so? did.
1: I had no idea what that it was about cocaine. I was so little. And, but then, I, then I'd go to school the next day and I knew to keep it a secret.
0: You knew. So there's yeah. something you knew. I want, um, this sounds really corny, but I'm listening to the part of your act. And I'm like, i like, want to hug this little girl. Aww. I also just picture you at your age and me at that age and what I was yeah. doing.
1: What are you into at 12?
0: Well, at 12, I went the other way. Well, first, if you met me at 12, yeah. If you met me at 12, you would meet a really shy kid. Really shy, really introverted, no confidence whatsoever of any type. But I was good at baseball. Mm. And so I kind of went the other way. I was more like straight-laced, never got in trouble. Um, Was afraid to become what I was seeing in my house.
1: Uh I was afraid. My dad was still
0: drinking when I was 12. So I kind of became more like an athlete Type, I guess, but I wasn't like one of those athletes where, like, I was a cocky athlete. It was just the only thing I was any good at. It was the only thing. Like, it was the one place I went where I was like, oh, I don't completely, totally suck here. Yeah. And no one was bullying me there, <laughs> yeah. right? Might you know, yeah. I would worry... There was worries. Like, I would worry on game days if my dad was gonna show up to a game. And <sighs> if he did, was he drunk? If he was at the game, was he gonna say or do anything? Sometimes I feel bad because I'm describing these times and I know my mom listens to my show and she's like, was it really that bad? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it is worse when I describe it now because it's all I knew, right? Like it's all I knew. And my dad did end up getting sober. And so there's like, the reason I'm in this, like you can change yourself space is I watched my old man do it, right? So I'm like, I watched my hero do it. But probably if you met me then, I don't even know that I'd be that much different than I am now. I think when people meet me now, they're like, I kind of expected, You know, I don't know, you'd have more, uh, I don't know, like that front that people have that are successful or whatever. I still am like, hey, man, I'm working on myself, and there's certain environments I'm comfortable in. Yeah. You put me in front of fifteen thousand people on a stage. I'm completely at home and I own it. Yes. You put me in a cocktail party with like six or eight people, <laughs> and someone's right here, and I'm like, "Yeah, I gotta, dude, I gotta make the go to the restaurant. Like I'm constantly <sighs> trying to avoid. You said that
1: you're, yeah. Tom's a little that way. Yeah, but my you're husband's not... an introvert like that yeah, too. He's yeah. not the life of the party. Yeah. I think I'm a lot more fun at a party than he. You think is. that's
0: from the bar experience. Seriously, like you're the used bar- to being yeah. social.
1: I love party. Uh, yeah, and and yeah. it's also cultural. Like. My, we're Hungarian, so like on Sunday we have a party, everybody comes over. Are you telling dirty jokes? You're drinking? Give me awful. You know, it's like this, this. I was never like shy as a kid because mm. my mother pushed me into acting when I was four. So I was like, oh. yeah, I was auditioning and already kind of a like show business. And then I think around 10 or 11, I do like a pilot. And then I'm like, I don't want to be an actor. This is for the birds. This is, I'm depressive. And that's actually what I was going to share with you. So by the time I'm 14, upside down. This is when I get super depressed. Because now, you know, when you're messed in childhood, mm-hmm. guess what, it comes back in adolescence. Yep. And now the drama, really. so I'm 14 years old, I'm goth, I'm cutting, right, I'm cutting up my arms just to feel some release. Because I'm so depressed and I'm sitting in the room, in my room, just trying to try to hide from my parents and the reality and I, you know, you're confused. You think you're being dramatic. Like, is this really true? Is my family this wonky or like, mm. I don't know, am I? Am I? I must be messed up. Because, Mm. you know, like, I'm the one that's flawed. So by the time I'm 14, I'm convinced it's me and not them. Mm. And I'm suicidal. And life is, like, I have straight Ds. I remember, like, I just decided to stop going to school. Mm-hmm. I just decided I was in, a, I was in ninth grade, and I was like, I'm not going anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I just stopped going. I was like, No, thank you, and I stopped going. And then oh, I, wow. and then I was, I had straight D's. I remember, and I did. I eventually went back, and I was failing out of school. And then one day, I just went nuts in in this in the bathroom stall cutting, mm-hmm. and I was just like, Whoa! And I just cut. Like mm. just went crazy, mm. and this friend of mine, this girl I had been friends with, and but we had a falling out, whatever. Like she found me, she took me to the office at school. Oh my god! Yeah, it was so dramatic. And then my mom came to get me, and she saw my arms, and then she started to hit me. I remember she beat me, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and I was like, "Just put me in a mental hospital!" Like I begged them. I'm like, "Put me away. I, I think something's wrong with me. Put me away." And. My mother had worked for a psychiatrist, and I think she's just worried about putting me in a mental hospital or whatever, like that it would stigmatize me or mess me up worse. So she kept. She was like, "No, I didn't see a therapist yet." She's like, "But do you want to go to Catholic school?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. I mean, she showed me this brochure to this all-girls Catholic school, mm-hmm. and I was like, I be- yeah, okay." So mm-hmm. I went to the nuns, and I loved it. You I. T- f- I loved it, man. I had a mohawk at the time, like an orange mohawk, and I remember the, the, the this nice head nun, the principal goes, listen, sweetie, she didn't call me sweetie, she goes, it doesn't have to be the color God gave you, it just has to be a God-given color. Yeah. I know, so yeah. I dyed it brown, and I hid yeah. my mohawk, and I grew it out, and I could put my book bag down, and nobody would steal it, and by the time I had graduated, I was like a leader of this retreat, and I had I just flourished because of the the boundaries and the... It was an yeah. all-girls school, too. So there okay. was like, oh, I don't have to be cute. I, I'm wearing a uniform. I can yeah. just be a little girl again. And I yeah. reverted. And I was able to be safe. And that saved my life. It saved your life. Catholic school saved my life, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: pretty amazing to see your face right now. <laughs> you know, this is mainly audio. I wish everyone could see your face. It's yeah. interesting to see you talk about that time. Um, think about your mom there for a second. So she loved you. I mean, she yeah. was trying with the limited... Yeah, uh, capacity she had to help her daughter there, right? I mean, did yeah. that ever dawn on you that I mean, she did love you,
1: right? Yes, yes. No, obviously, too, yeah. a lot of what I say for yeah. comedic, it's it's no good if they're shades of gray. Yeah. But I actually think um, you
0: really feel it. Like, I, I, I actually think you really... Let me tell you what I mean by that. I really do feel these things about my dad. I feel guilty about feeling them because I know that that that's not, wasn't his intent, it was his... You
1: feel guilty about having negative feelings towards him?
0: Yeah. I do because I love him so much, and I know he loved me so much. I've got to the other side of it now where I can... And this is so good for everyone listening to this who goes through these things, but... I... I don't... I I think it's okay that I feel it. I feel sometimes weird that other people know I feel it, because I don't want them to think that about You don't want them
1: to judge him or you?
0: Both. Both. I don't want to be judged for feeling that way. And also, like, I do know that my dad... Hurt people hurt people, right? So I know my dad was operating out of something that happened in his life in his upbringing and same with his dad and so on and so on. But I, I feel weird about the fact that there's this man I love so much, but that I, these things did happen. I do feel this way. You know, I have both feelings. I remember what it's like when I didn't feel good about him. And I remember what it feels like when I do. And I, and in your case, your mom was trying, but so yeah. when you went there, when you yeah. Catholic school, does yeah. that when you start to change permanently or do you end up reverting back? Like, oh, okay. when do you become you? Right,
1: right so so that's a good question yeah. so so also before before I go there yeah. I, I love what you say about having two simultaneous feelings, feelings. and I think that's what you learn in therapy mm-hmm. um is that I can love and hate my mom at the mm-hmm. same time I can love and hate my dad at the same time. I can thank my mother for all the wonderful qualities she had. she was fashionable, she had flair, she mm. had timing, she was funny mm. she was crazier than. Sh- too. Yeah, you know that. what I'm saying? Like, my dad, too, is just like funny, antisocial, brooding, mm. um, independent, resilient, mm. like brilliant, nut.
0: Does it ever dawn on you, and I'll let you keep going, that yeah. they end up raising? I mean, because you're, you're really humble, and but does it ever dawn on you that these two people raised a daughter who now, I mean, let's just be real. Like, you're yeah. one of them more. I mean, you're going to roll your eyes when I say this, but you are one of the more influential people on the planet in terms of your show and your reach and your husband and so you. So I like, I don't
1: even feel that way. Yeah, I know but you do don't. But do you and feel that way? No,
0: not at all. But, but it's... It's but ridiculous. You, but you are. And so these yeah. two totally dysfunctional human beings... <laughs> No, Really, raise this <laughs> single child together, right? How, how, right? And then you end up, I mean, it's just I'm picturing you cutting yourself. I just yeah, want to give you like a,
1: terrible, but like, These maniacs. And
0: I was, uh, by the way, I went through this stage where like I was so depressed. I don't know if I was, so, I just, I used to think, What the heck is life about? Why am oh. I living this life? What is this? Is this worth it at so all? That
1: goes into that,
0: yeah. And I so, did you have that too, yeah,
1: man. So the darkness, so okay, so hold on. Back what you are just saying, yep. how did they raise someone? I'll, th- I'll tell you why. Because it makes me sad, because my parents are wildly awesome people right, who team. had a, a bad go of it, man. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine being born in, in communist Hungary? No. It's after World War II, so the country's already been ravaged by the Germans, oh. war, war, awful poverty, and now the Russians come and destroy your country. Yep. And it's a nightmare. They have nothing. So I always think of them as this pure potential, that just got destroyed. Yeah. So I know that they, they've got the makings. Mm. Oh, but had they just had my life? Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. I you, lucked out.
0: They had your life. So you lucked out being raised by the two of them compared to what they had.
1: A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And here's another lucky thing I had mm. money. Mm. Now, we weren't rich. I'm not saying I was you had rich. You food
0: every day. You have to worry about where meals were coming from. No, stuff not like, like that. that. We yeah. were like
1: middle class. And I think back mm-hmm. in the Me 90s, too. there was a middle class, right? Yeah. And I hate when people poo-poo money. I mean, it makes me bonkers when they're like, you need money isn't everything. That's not everything, but it's awesome.
0: Yeah, and the lack of it is
1: horrible. <laughs> and it sucks being broke, right? Yeah. The lack of it's horrible. Yeah, so yeah. it changes, so it gives you choice. Yeah. So the fact that I was educated mm-hmm. was a huge blessing. Now, I barely eked my way into college, right? Mm. Barely got in, man, but I did. Mm. And then once I was out of the house, I was getting straight A's, and I was like, oh, I'm not an idiot. Mm. It's just that I was in this place that I couldn't study because everybody was screaming and yelling, and mm. it was a bad environment. And that's when I found philosophy. So I started studying philosophy, oh, yeah. and that changed my life. And that's when I was like, "Oh, I have I have a brain. I'm not just like a, a, a screw up who tried to kill herself in ninth grade." Mm-hmm. And I was always o- trying to outlive that stigma of being a loser, because my parents were like, "Oh, you tried to kill yourself." You know, it was like I disappointed everybody in my mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. My grandmother wouldn't give me money that year for Christmas because she thought I was going to spend it on drugs, which I wasn't even really on drugs. You know <sighs> what I mean? So I was like this this loser in my family. Mm-hmm. So I found philosophy, and I was getting A's and I was like, "You know what? Screw you, man. I'm going to be I'm going to I'm going to show you, right? Really? I'm going to show you I'm a winner." And then I got into Oxford for a year what? and I went to study what? philosophy at Oxford. Yeah, man. What? Yeah, as I'm telling you, so I went from like what? Loserville to like I don't know what I'm going to be, but I'm going to show you, mommy and Dad. F- Wow. Yeah, so I studied philosophy at Oxford, I come back and I'm and then I do that show road rules. I didn't know you did yeah, rules. Yeah, a million years later. And then I was like, wouldn't it be great if I could make a living just being myself? Flash forward to podcasting. Here we but anyway, are. I had this great boss after college. I had this degree in philosophy, and I was such a useless degree. And he's like, <laughs> he's like you're the worst employee I've ever had. His name is Chris Abrego. Shout out to Chris Abrego. What's up, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> Anna, you're the worst employee I've ever had, but you're funny. Go do the Groundlings. I was 23. Come on. And then I went to the Groundlings, and I was like, this is it. I found it. It's like when you find your thing you're good at. Yep. You found sports. Yep. yep. And then I'm like, all right, hey, man, i maybe, you know, I'm, I'm an idiot, I'm a loser, whatever, but this is something I love. And mm. once you get obsessed, mm. you know how it is? Like when you find your obsession, I don't care what it takes, bro. I'm going to keep coming and do this. Yeah. Put me in a mm. motel six. Yep. Okay. Yep. Like, yeah, no, I'll do, I'll, you want me to go to Afghanistan? Can I do 15 minutes of stage time in Afghanistan? Yeah, dude, I'll go. You did that? Hell yeah, I did everything. You did. Well, I'm sure you did everything by any means. But
0: in your case, so you find it. By the way, it's one of the great blessings of life. I always feel for people that have not yet found it. Yeah. Because it's, I feel like of all the things I got cheated out of in life, I did find some talents and skills when I was relatively young outside of baseball too that I was like, okay, I like business. I like speaking. This is stuff I'm pretty, really good at. I feel at home. It doesn't feel like work when I'm doing it.
1: That's the seat. Boom. Doesn't feel like work when I... I always laugh when people call, you going to work tonight, stand-up? I'm like, that's not... It's never work, baby. Yeah. I've had day jobs. Me I had 22 too. of them before mm. I became a stand-up kid. Mm. They all sucked. Yeah, That's not exactly. a job, this ain't work, man. Yeah,
2: that's
0: how I feel. Yeah. When were you good at it?
1: Okay, so I think in order to know what you're what you're good at, you have to have beginner's luck. I forget what book this is. Okay. Uh, is this the 10,000 Hours book? Is this blank? Not blank, Um Outliers. Okay. There has to be some level of beginner's luck. First time you do it, you have to be freakishly good at it as a beginner. Mm. And I think the first time I did it, I was like, "Oh, okay, that wasn't horrible. I didn't, I didn't completely eat it."
2: Mm.
1: And then I was just hooked. I was like, "I'm gonna figure this out." I just looked at it as a logical problem,
2: mm.
1: Mm. and like, I want to fight my demons. I'm not a loser. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you, mom and dad. Yeah. And then there's this point in the in the career where you're like, "Guess what? I have everything." and mom and dad still don't care.
0: <laughs> right. Is that not true?
2: They still don't give
0: a shit. Me too. <laughs> me too. It wasn't that... My mom just like... Let me tell something funny. I'm 51. My mom just recently like, wow! Like, where the hell have you been? Yeah. Where have you been, mom? You've been to all these houses and pl- like, yeah, but it's like just lately, it's like almost like when my dad died, my mom got permission to somewhat be impressed with something I was doing. <laughs> and it wasn't like they, like in your case, maybe it was like, ah, you still suck. It wasn't that. They're was just like, just are my parents are just very simple. It's just like, are you a good person or not? If you're a good person, great. Other than that, we don't really care what you do. My mom walked into my first really big house, and she's like, oh, my God, Eddie. What's the electric bill here? Oh, no. And I'm like, Mom, oh, if you God. have to worry about that shit, this is not where I should be living. That's the <laughs> least of my worries house. right now, right? But it's not. it wasn't a negative thing. It's just like, are you a good person? Are you being good to other people? Great. Other than that, I don't care about any of this external stuff. I think lately, my mom's like, Oh, you're really helping some people. I <laughs> went to the grocery store and they have your blah blah blah. Like and that's yeah. when it's different. Like that yeah. is the one thing probably with you too. That like yeah. someone else someone knows else you. thinks you're good. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like,
1: Guess what? You're pretty you're, you're pretty, pretty good. I've had
0: three people tell me you're really good now. Do you have that same thing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Safe for mom, where have That's you been? So terrible. I love you,
0: mom, but my gosh, like, it's been a while.
2: <laughs> I know,
0: like, kind of a big deal. I mean, why don't you think I'm a big deal? I, I just I just think it's hilarious that, so they still weren't, like, you were already doing great in their story. Okay, like,
1: I'll tell you a great, great story. Okay. So, I finally, my, one of my first greatest, my big job in show business, I get a break, I become a writer on Chelsea Lately. Really? Wow! I think this is it, man. I'm making yeah. $1,500 a week. We're moving out of the ghetto. Tom yeah. and I were living in the Rampart Division, in a in a one bedroom apartment in the in the ghetto, homie. So when wow. I got that first check, yeah. we we went to Trader Joe's and we got a bottle of you know whatever cheap ass <laughs> champagne. I remember launching it off the, so cool. the the patio and being like, "We're out of here, man! <laughs> Yo, know, we're going back to Silver Lake." So. So I, right down I had. The street. Yeah, it is down the street. Yeah. But right. it's so glamorous compared to where we were. And I, yeah, so I tell my mom, like, Mom, I'm a writer on Chelsea lately. She goes, Well, you know what's interesting? Oprah is having a contest to see who can work for her. And maybe you'll find something better. I'm like, This, it doesn't get any better. <laughs> <This is it?"> <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Can't um, be happy for me. Never. Never. No, but then you real, but then it's a long, even when you get the validation of everybody and everyone loves you and thinks you're the best and you finally get it. Yeah. And then you go, oh, is that all there is? Because wait a minute. I'm still, it's still me. I still Isn't wake that up.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> it's funny. You're funny. You say that. My dad did say to me, I'm loving that everybody gets to hear this, by the way. One thing my dad was a wise dude. My dad used to say to me, he goes, just remember this, ma'am whenever you get to this level of success that you think you'll be happier when you get there, or that house, or like some whatever, some people reading a book or whatever, your show or whatever it is, he goes, just remember you have to bring you with you when you get there. And I was like, that's really, because my dad had worked on himself in his sobriety, right? He's like, you're going to bring you when you get there. There's nothing more true in the world than that.
2: No. I'm
0: sure you still do this now to this day. It's like, it's still me when I'm there. It's still me in the car alone when I'm driving, no matter
1: what the car is or
0: where I'm going. It's me and how I feel about me.
1: Of course, and what I really
0: believe about me.
1: But but speaking to your audience, because I I know for anybody listening to this, I think the most powerful tool that changed everything for me was my mind. This mm. is everything, and I know you know this because yeah. we've read the same books. Yeah. Phyllis Stiller, I uh, read in one of her her autobiography, um, "The Magic of Believing." The Magic of Believing. Read that book, mm. and I started to read that when I was like twenty eight. Mm. And but before that, I had read existentialism in uh, philosophy class, and mm. what is that about? Self-determinism. Mm. You can choose your life. This idea is radical. Sartre, mm. choose choices. And I went, oh, you're right. Life can push me around, or I can move the ball. And mm. it, and that's to me, this is the biggest lesson that I try to teach my boys. Mm. Hey, man, if you don't take charge of this whole thing, it's mm. gonna take you away like a current, man, right? True. And that, and. They don't teach you this in school really. Yep. And it makes yep. me nutty. Like you can choose. Everything is a choice. Everything. Hmm. And read and read it. Read a book for and it makes me sad, other than of course, the power of more. Hello. Yep. Yep. Um that people reading is like guess what? Humans have existed for thousands of years and we've had this luxury of writing it down. If you've got a question, yep. it's in a book. Not Wikipedia, bro. Not this Google. Yep. The whole thing, homie, yep. cover to cover. Yeah. Focus, read, use your mind. This will save you.
0: Why don't you write a book?
1: I know, I've been I've been um you know why? I it's a lot right now. <laughs> I've got two kids I'm trying to raise and yeah. my husband and
0: is podcasts and it's a lot and, right
1: now. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna like I will. Yeah. I don't know about what. I don't know what.
0: I hope it's this stuff. You think so? I think this is so here's what I think. Yeah I think that like uh you've been given all these amazing talents and your talent has given you this platform where you are well known now. And I just feel like you could write a book about how you're funny or you could write a book about all that but the truth of the matter is is you're like really you're the guy who was on my show recently said you're uniquely qualified to help the person that you used to be
1: Ooh, man
0: and in your case there's a version of you and me and about 99 percent of the people that are listening to this and some version maybe not to the extreme of having a, a parent who's schizophrenic like you had or a alcoholic like I had but there's something where they just don't feel right about themselves, or they don't mm. have direction, or they just they like, does life have purpose? Like, what's going to make me happy? Why aren't I happier? And I think that, like, the—that's why it's incumbent upon us to always grow, because then there's another person you can go help—the one that you were before you grew.
2: Mm-hmm. And so for
0: me, that's why I keep working on me—is like, I want to be able to help someone who the one that was me when I was 15, the one that was me when I was 18, the one that was me when I was 30, the one that was me when I was 40. I just had a guy in here that very, very successful young man at 32. Well, I had that too. And I also know that doesn't fulfill you. And I know when I'm looking at him, I know what he's really wrestling with this. Is it worth it? Like what will really make me happy? And so I want to grow through that. And in your case, like you've had such an amazing, I knew within about 10 minutes of watching you that you've had a different life. Mm -hmm. I just knew. Because let me say something about you. People feel energy. Mm -hmm. And, um, like, you can make me really, really laugh. But what you really do is you make people feel emotion.
2: Mm.
0: And and you're doing it today. There's a part at the end of her special, Everybody, where she talks about this ketamine trip that she went on. And I want to go back and forth here, but it's one of the most... I don't know why I really... When I speak, sorry, I get emotional on this. When I speak, what I attempt to do when I'm speaking is to give people who I really am, but also not just one emotion. Yeah. I wanna give them the gift of the, uh, multiple emotions and also like the contradiction in them. So if, if, if at some point I can have them crying and really thinking about their life and then wanting to run through a wall and achieve, or in your case, laughter and all of them, I feel like I've done a service where I've moved that human what is incredibly rare to do is to do both in, like, one moment. Mm. Like, in the same moment, somebody's feeling reflection and sadness or empathy and also laughter. And this bit you do about the ketamine trip, I've watched, we've talked about different, I mean, you have tons of friends in comedy and I have some. I've never seen that before. Mm. There's, this, there's this moment in the end of your special where it's some of the most amazing art I've ever seen before. Because at the same time that people are moved so emotionally by what you're talking about and watching you be emotional, the next second they're laughing, and then they're back to this other moment. So... Just Mm. a little bit. Give them Mm. the gift. I want them to see the special, but like now they have a pretty good sense of what you went through as a child. I mean, they have 1% of it. You have a pretty good sense you've turned this around, which we'll talk about in a little bit too, and where your life is now and the lessons you've learned. But like, let's go there just for a second. So... Oh, that moment? Tell them what happens. Oh
1: my God, so... So I fell down the stairs getting to my kid at two in the morning, I, I just come back off the road, I was so tired, I was like sleepwalking. Mm-hmm. My baby's crying and as a mom, you know, you're just like, I gotta get to my baby. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I fell down the stairs, broke my ankle in four places. And I, had, I didn't even know it at the time. I thought I could just get up, so I called my husband. I was like, babe, get over here, help me. And he's like, oh, you can't get up. You're broken, homie. So I get into the ambulance, they put fentanyl, you know, all these drugs. They straighten me out. But before they straighten my leg out, they give me ketamine. And I've never done Have you ever done it? I have. It's
0: pretty amazing.
1: <laughs> You've done the therapeutic kind. Y- yes. I want to do that. Yeah. Because what they did is they give you enough to dissociate you so that you don't remember it. And apparently it's a terrifying amount that they gave me. Because oh. that's what they're like. We- Usually people are screaming mm. when they give this to you. But Christina, you were sitting there smiling. <laughs> the whole time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so they give me this ketamine, and I have this wild trip, basically. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part is, is that happens in real life, and I'm looking for an end to my special. And I was like, oh, that's the end of the special. Yeah, That's the end of the special, because it was my realization that everything that had happened to me... I don't buy this sh- that it happens for a reason. I hate that. Mm-hmm. That's Pollyanna nonsense. Mm-hmm. But I think if you attribute meaning to tragedy, attribute deliberately, mm-hmm. then it's redemptive. And like, also this whole ride of just be trying to become a successful comedian, and then I have my children, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like I saw my kids' faces literally, and you going you make me cry. I'm just talking about it, mm-hmm. you know, when you're like, oh, this is it. This is all that matters. Like, all this other stuff can go away tomorrow, and mm-hmm. my kids don't care that I'm famous. Mm-hmm. They don't give a mm-hmm. And like, they're the only things that really matter. My husband, you know, mm-hmm. the unit. Yeah. Now you're getting me crying, man. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I often think back to that ketamine trip when I'm getting hung up on nonsense like show business. And I'll be like, oh, but it doesn't matter. This right. is what I learned. Like, it matters, don't get me wrong, I don't wanna be broke tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to all go away tomorrow, but I'm not gonna stress out. Right, right. Been there, dude. Me too. Yeah. I'm not gonna try to cling, Ugh. like I did. Mm-hmm. Cause didn't you find there is a time in your career where it's all you cared about
0: yeah. It's a really difficult thing to teach because you should have goals and outcomes and it's what's made us successful when we didn't have some.
1: Yeah. But at the
0: same time it's kind of letting go of an outcome and letting things come as they might that actually brings us the most joy because the things that are the greatest blessings in life aren't things we have to force through force like our families. Yeah. They're the things that, you know, that are the greatest blessings are our children and our families and yet you still want to be able to provide for them and do significant things, but I also think you said something, I want you to stay on that story, is that it's not the events of our lives that define us, it's the meaning we attach to the event. Mm. And if you can attach the right meaning to something, or a meaning that serves you, or change the meaning, you can change how you feel about it, and ultimately change how your life works. And it feels to me like almost in that trip you were on that the meanings shifted
1: a little yeah. bit for you. Yeah, because yeah. I saw my parents and I was like I can see this person is a big bad villain and I'm the little girl or mm-hmm. Hey, what can I glean? What, what's the lesson here? Because I'm the mom now and you mm-hmm. see your broken parents as toddlers I really see them as children now who just didn't get enough love who didn't get what I Well, what I didn't get too, but what I'm able to give my kids now so mm-hmm. just flood people and everybody walking around you know, you. I don't get mad at people nearly as much as I used to. Cause you're like, oh, you just didn't get love. Like, oh, you, your mommy, your daddy.
0: But you actually on that trip, like, thanked your mom and your dad. I did. Tell them that a little bit. Yeah, even though yeah. I want them to see it.
1: Yeah, them. you have to see the bit for it to make total sense. But, uh, yeah, I end up thanking them and forgiving them in the trip. Mm. And, you know, I think I think well, for some reason I'm thinking about my mom's fur coats because I. She, she hoarded, like, jewelry mm-hmm. and, like, fine items. I think she was convinced that World War III was coming soon and she had to, I have to trade these things to get across the border. You're going mm-hmm. to need... You know, the, she, she yeah. wouldn't put her money in one bank. It was in several, yeah. like, that kind of nutty stuff. But now that I'm wealthy and I, I always was, like, rejecting wealth, I was always like, rich people are bad. Me too. Yeah, That's
0: why I was raised believing. Yeah.
1: And it's nonsense, because guess what? Poor people are bad, too. It's the same deal and actually rich people can do really good things to help a lot of other people and yeah. your wealth is a blessing on many many people yeah. so anyway i the fur coat thing too i was like yeah what's so bad about owning a fur coat it doesn't make you a bad person right
0: right it doesn't
1: unless it's the only thing you care about
0: yeah i'm watching you right now i That's still think you i still think you're working through what? Thinking about what all those events of your life meant just as I'm watching you.
1: Oh, yeah I had
0: a really huge blessing happen that I was with my dad when he died I was in the room with him and um, It's weird that we're all this is going here today with you and me, but when I was with my dad in the room uh, I got to see I Got my version of the ketamine trip to some mm. extent because when I was with him I was literally holding his hand just a little while before he passed away, but um, because he wasn't able to talk, and he's just, it was actually wonderful to this extent. I got to just look at him,
2: mm.
0: like you don't, even with your parents, you have a dynamic. There's like this thing you do with people in your life. You do it with Tom, I do it with my wife, I, we do it with our kids, there's just like this pattern of how we kind of just interact with each other. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done this with your kids or with Tom, might be different with Tom, but you ever just watch your kids sleeping?
1: Oh my God, like every night.
0: Right, it's different. You see them differently. Yeah. And even your spouse, if you just see them sleeping, it's just different, they're not talking, they're not being them, they're just them. Yeah. And my dad, I had these hours with him. Mm. It was just him. And I got to thinking about like, I got to think about him as a little boy. This is a man whose life's about to end. Kind of like what you've done and I'm, he's an old man now. And I remember him when he wasn't an old man. I remember him when he was, looked like my age, right? I remember when he was even younger than that. And I could go back and think of him, I wonder, my dad at 10, my dad at 5, my mm-hmm. dad at 2. And there's this love you can have even for someone who didn't treat you perfectly the whole time that you have this sympathy or this empathy for them. And I just think he's, just, he's a man that had a life. And he, and he did his best to live it his best way. And then I start thinking about myself. I will be him. Yeah, what do I want when I'm him? When I'm there, Wh- what do I want to have achieved? Who do I want to have helped? What do I want to have felt? Yeah, what emotions do I want to have had? What memories do I want? We're off air. You're talking about taking your kids to, if you're, you know, you're blessed enough that you could take them somewhere on a vacation, yeah. and like being in that moment with my dad gave me a different meaning to him, mm. gave my life a different meaning, and that's just a real powerful thing for everybody listening. This is like all the events. Maybe you should evaluate what they all, the things that don't serve you. What do they mean? What did your divorce really mean? Right. Mm-hmm. What did this experience with what having your children really mean? What did this person who hurt you? What did it really mean? If you can change the meaning, yeah. you can really ultimately change how you feel and then you'll take different actions in your life. And when my dad passed, I literally, you, you, you're you, doing this. I thought oddly, I'm going to honor my dad. Mm. I'm going to talk about him more. I'm going to talk about what I learned from him. I'll talk about how he hurt me put it in my book, it's in my book, all my speeches lately involve my dad. And in a very beautiful way, you honored your mom mm-hmm. in that special, and mm-hmm. your dad. You started out by telling the truth, <laughs> right? But yeah. you honored him. Did it ever yeah. dawn on you that you were doing that? No. Yeah.
1: It's unconscious. Mm. No. No. With, I think, no. Look you right now, and it's no. dawning on you. No, <laughs> you because, cause, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I... No, because when you create something, it's all really unconscious. You just Mm -hmm. kind of throw stuff out, and then you hope there's a through line, and, like, what's that going to be? And -hmm. What I really wanted to express as well as honoring, I think, now that you mention it, is just that I'm not... I I don't hate you, man. I ain't mad at you. Because the anger, we all go through it. And, like, I, I, also, one of my pet peeves about the self-help movement is, like, just be happy. be happy It's like look for the joy. It's like mm, no. no and and no. Sometimes you the suffering and you did a great podcast about this recently, yeah, yeah about the suffering that must come in order to have the joy. Yes. The suffering and I just didn't want to leave people thinking, like, I'm this rageful adolescent, because I'm really... I'm mm-hmm. not mad at them anymore. Because mm-hmm. once you become a parent, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I got it.
0: Me too. I'm Get mad it. at my dad sometimes. So. Yeah, but sometimes yeah. There's, I'll think of something, yeah. I'm like, I can't believe he did that to me <laughs> yeah. in some situation. But my overall yeah. view of him isn't that way. My overall yeah. meaning... No. Why do you think, by the way, I want to ask you some stuff. Yeah, go ahead. It seems to me that you have a great marriage. It's been a long one, yeah right? And I I watch you talk about... I watch stuff close. I'm weird. But I watch you talk about Tom, and after all this time, um, like, you really love him. Like, you really love him. And yeah. um, I love the jokes you make about, you know, football and food and sex and all that. It's hilarious, <laughs> right? But, like, you really love him, and you seem to be, like, an unbelievably dedicated mother. So, you come from a crappy marriage of your parents. Yeah. You come from crappy parenting from your parents, yeah. yet you've become the opposite of that yeah did you like does this did you like think this is what I don't want to be,
1: yeah, and I also think it's not healthy who I am actually because I think my shrink would be like you're just doing the opposite of what they are like i, I huh. I'm living in reaction to hmm. so like i'm thankfully i I made wise choices and I've made good choices, but like maybe that maybe this is overshooting, am I too perfect? am I trying to be too perfect? Hmm. I don't know, but yeah, part of that is going, like, why get multiple divorces? Because guess what? Most of the time, most of the time, both my parents ended up marrying some version of the first one.
2: Yeah, that's
0: the truth. You're You're like, the same person in a different body. Yeah. That's what most people date and do in their life.
1: Yeah, yes. so you guys didn't do any work in between these marriages because mm-hmm. nobody went to therapy, mm-hmm. so, like, why trade up? Why lose half your money? And yeah. then...
0: Why, how long have you been in therapy?
1: Twelve years. And
0: do you think it's really helped you? Because I think a lot of people yeah. out there think, I'm not going to talk to somebody because it's embarrassing or there's a stigma or what the heck is some other normal human being going to help me out with my stuff with? But it's worked for you, right?
1: Yeah, well, I, is it an embarrassing? Yeah. Is there a stigma? Absolutely. Will people mm. think you're nuts? Sure. Will your family think you're a complete idiot and will people talk crap to you about it? Yeah. Who cares? They're not <laughs> in my head. Mm. F them. Mm. And that's another thing you get in therapy is you oh, go yeah. like, oh, wait, why am I living? Because another thing when my ketamine trip taught me is that... This is it, bro. This is this is it, mm. and I'm 46, so mm. I'm on the other end of that of mm-hmm. the hill now. So it's like, mm. when it, when are you gonna start living? When when are you gonna when are you gonna do it for you? Mm. And like a ther- a good therapist knows the map. Your friend doesn't know the map out of your own nonsense. Yeah. They know the map. Let let the let the the uh, uh, captain take you.
0: I agree. Right? Totally. I also think that's why I like listening to something like this. This is a form of therapy for people today. Like you're helping. You know, I think you kind of know you are too. I'm watching you. Like you're helping millions of people like work through some stuff. Like it may not be the same situation, but it can apply. Thing I'm wondering too, like, so now you become the other part of you is you become this like incredibly successful person and you're married to an incredibly successful person. It sounds like you guys are great parents. Is it, I've asked this a lot on my show because the <laughs> answers vary. Does it, is it worth it? Like, you're mm. well known now. Like you're well known, your show. There's a lot that comes with all that too though, right? There's like yeah. a momentum you don't want to lose. Yeah. Do you Do you, Do you? Do you worry like oh, this could go away? And yeah. do you, do you w- w- what's it like to now be real too. What's it like to now be on the other side? All these years of cracking open champagne, I got 1500 bucks a week from <laughs> Chelsea Handler, right? All the years of you're making nothing in stand up. Nothing, right? Yeah. And then you, know, you just, you know, you get this is life is happening and like you're like, "Well, I'm 30 now and I'm 35 now and I'm blah blah blah." Yeah. Like I'm wondering like now that you're kind of on the other side of it, is it worth it and do you worry about losing it?
1: Yeah. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what, don't, listen, it's, I heard Marianne Williamson say this, being a winner is, that's a better problem to have than not being a winner. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. oh, I got pro, I got to stay successful. Mm-hmm. Great, mm-hmm. what a great problem to have. Right. And like yeah. the, I remember when I wasn't successful and I didn't like that feeling way more. Me too. So the the thing of like, how can we keep this up? Like. It won't last forever. That's the nature of my business. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We're, we're making it rain now. We're putting it away now. I'm right. investing. And, and when everyone's sick and tired of me, I'll go away. And it'll be cool.
2: So, such <laughs> true perspective. Yeah, like, okay. Yep.
1: But I love it, man. Yep. Listen, I suffered for many years to get here. Yep. It's, it, my, my rise was slow and steady. I did not have the overnight thing, mm-hmm. so that's, that was a blessing.
0: I, Do you yeah. hear about quitting?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, weekly. Well, you're a stand-up yeah. comedian. It's the hardest. It's the worst. It's like literally, you're the you're the best or the worst. You're the best or the worst. It's mm-hmm. push pull, right? That's why I'm so sickly charged by it because it's your it's your alcoholic parent. It's your borderline yeah. mom. I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. So I'm I'm. I'm wired for this. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't want to do it. Forget it. I'm just going to stay home forever. I'm going to stay in Texas and just, you know, fish with my kids all. And then I get and then I get an itchy beehole and then I got to go tell jokes again.
0: Speaking of itchy beeholes, just so yeah. we do a little bit of something in the special. Just tell them what a Milwaukee milkshake is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> tell them. Tell them. <laughs> okay, what's the bit? Now I got to remember. Do you remember? So you're using the. You're I'm do- sitting on the toilet. Yeah,
0: you're doing number two. I, I'm
1: making it. I'm driving Okay, I'm taking a dropping dump a with deuce. my toddler sitting on my lap. Yeah. Bonus points if you breastfeed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the. Come on, That's man. the Milwaukee milkshake. Come on, yeah. You got a
0: dog staring you in a the dog eyes. Dog staring at me. Baby on your lap. You're breastfeeding. Yep. And that's the bonus. And that's bonus. how I take it down. Come on. That's legit right there. To that's me, that's the truth, like, right? It's the truth. And then the part, my, well, so let I me mean, tell you something. My wife doesn't get comedy. Yeah. So we watch all these specials. I'm like, because I love it. And I take her to different clubs. And I mean, she didn't even think, bless his heart, I took her to Norm MacDonald and I'm crying, laughing. And she's it's like, the I, best. Just, I just don't get it. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Right? Yeah. Like, no but one. you, the deal where like, the the bit you do on where, like, okay, we don't... I just pull my sweatpants down now when we're Ugh. out of sex. I mean, she was legitimately falling off Aww. the couch, crying, laughing. Okay. And I'm like, I don't know what you're laughing at, because none of that... <laughs>
2: like, like, you don't relate yeah, to any of this, just so, so you know.
0: <laughs> but, like, I just want I'm not trying to sell everybody on seeing your stuff, but I just think it's like... I think it's just absolutely the best. I think no. you're, I, you're my favorite.
1: Gosh, you,
0: you know, really are I my can't favorite. I handle
1: these compliments.
0: I, I know you don't handle them very it. well.
1: I don't. Well, you should. You should come and see me perform. I want to do that. I'll give you guys some free tickets. Whoa.
0: Well, that'd be good because I can't afford those things. Me, <laughs> so. I want to. I want. I got a couple more things yeah. I want to ask you about. Yeah, though.
1: I'm just writing it down so I don't forget. Yeah. I'm okay.
0: Yeah. Please yeah. invite me. Um, I want to know a little bit about how you are now as like a mom. Mm. So. First off, are you don't having kids? Number one, and yeah. then, like, are you? Do you al- do you do you allow yourself to like enjoy it? Or are you always like, am I doing the right thing? Like, I gotta be honest with yeah. you. When I, when I was raising my kids, I was constantly like, I didn't do that right. I didn't do that. Right. I screwed that up. <laughs> said, I'm not. She's a really good mom. I'm like a half ass dad. Like, I'm always like not even really good enough at it in my own mind. Now, now, mine are leaving me. But mm-hmm. I'm curious as to what kind of a mom you are now.
1: Yeah. So I overcorrect a lot we don't I don't have what looks healthy at all, like what do you mean? like because i didn't I grew up so severely weird mm-hmm. in the sense like, okay, we're foreigners, we're Hungarians, and then I'm a living alone with my borderline mom or I'm living alone with my dad wow. and so like I'm literally like i don't I remember watching movies with my husband and having to ask him, um, why did that person react that way in that movie? like what feeling is that? Really? Yeah, and he's like, "Well, it's because she was mad." You didn't, and I was like, mm. "Like, I, I didn't understand a lot of dynamics." So I've actually had to learn to identify right feelings and, wow. like, I sound like a sociopath, but I'm not. It's just that I had a hard time feeling feelings.
2: Yeah, and you have I, no reference point.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I ask my husband a lot, like, "Is this normal?" Like, mm. uh, it was, uh, "How did you guys do this growing up?" So I check in with him a lot about the kids, like. Like right now, um, kids are cursing a lot. Uh and I'm like, Oh, I probably shouldn't let them say the F word. That's not good. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so I lied I told my my little one that the word dornet is the worst word in the English language. <laughs> so you... it. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> Dorn it. A- anyway, I overcorrect. I'm done having kids. I- I'm too old to have more and I'm too exhausted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I worry that I'm doing it wrong every day. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I know what I want to teach them. I have thought about that. You have. Like, what's the goal, dude? Is it to make you a good student? Hell no. Mm-hmm. We all know that. The yeah. most successful people, mm-hmm. they're not straight-A students. Yep. And especially in today's world mm-hmm. with a- academia, like, it's a different environment. Yep. So, yep. like...
0: What do you want them to have?
1: Feel your feelings. Mm-hmm. Let's try that, first and foremost. Resilience. You get up. I just started skate my uh, six-year-old skateboarding. Take him down to the skateboard park because he's a, he's a wild man, and I'm like, let's put that into something, you know? Like, yeah. find what you're good at. Forget what you're not good at. Yep. I, I wish someone had told me earlier, my parents had the wherewithal to be like, hey, you're not good at that, don't worry. You're not gonna be an opera singer. You're not gonna be a gymnast. Yeah. F it. Why was I trying so hard to do stuff I couldn't do?
0: Really good advice. I agree with you. Amanda. God! There's so much stuff I'm not good at. Yeah. I wish they would've just <laughs> checked the box for me early. I'd be like, okay. Hey, <laughs> I'm not gonna work with my hands on cars. Like, I'm not mechanical Done. at all. And I can't do math and yeah, science same. and none of that stuff. So, like, that's all off the box. My scope is pretty limited. You might as well get pretty good at this stuff over you, here.
1: Yeah, you get two or three things.
0: Yep, I agree with you. I, don't, I want my kids to be super confident, yeah. but have humility. For me, it's a little different for that's you. The, the confidence, some of their confidence comes through. Their faith, to some extent, I, don't want them to have, I want them to believe that. But the biggest thing is I also want them to be really good communicators.
2: Yeah, that's I think important. it's hard
0: to get through life if you can't communicate. I don't think it has to be spoken word, it could be written word,
1: mm. but to be able to
0: express themselves. You said feel things. I agree with that, but then I think also be able to express it. Too. Oh yeah.
1: This, this independent be... thinking.
0: I think that's the rarest thing on the planet right now, don't you? With all the oh, programming.
1: Forget about it. Yeah. And the and the scariest part is that this younger generation who is endorsing the policing of other people's thinking and speaking wow. talk about dangerous stuff.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: They don't even know what they're blowing apart right now. Yep. They're so indoctrinated. So, yeah, thinking.
0: Your industry's the most under attack for that right now.
1: Whew, right? Is it's it like ever. independent
0: thought and expression.
1: Is Truth. it ever? Yeah. But can I tell you, I think we're coming to the end of it. Mm-hmm. I sense that th- there's enough comedians pushing back.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And thank God for Netflix standing behind Dave Chappelle.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. if Chappelle goes down. Really? We all go down, I think. Yeah, really. He's the head of the head of the committee, there man. A, there's He's... a
0: hierarchy. I didn't know that.
1: Oh, Dave Chappelle's. A, yeah, well, well, I, yeah. There's yeah. A, there's a few big ones, but, right. right. You know, Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle.
0: Yeah, well, I certainly hear those names a lot lately. I heard Rogan's going to start a podcast. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I bet he'd be pretty good at it.
1: He should try He's, that out. try that out. He's a clever guy. Yeah. <laughs> he adapts. What
0: advice... Let's go through a couple things 1st sure. I'm sure. enjoying today so much, me I don't want to end. That's Me, too. We're going you line. don't have to. Um, what advice would you give to somebody right now who's like, hey, I'm... me and or my child are... in a dark place. Mm. You know, I'm not, uh, happy with my own life, or I've got a child who's really struggling with just dark, unhappy... You know, why should I do anything? Type thoughts.
1: The teenager.
0: Yeah, anybody, but could be a person listening to this too. Just themselves. They're thirty-three years old. They're a mom with two kids, Oy. and they're like, I'm not as happy as I thought I would be, and I'm just not feeling like I want to feel. That's a hard question, but I'm wondering what your answer would be.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. Well, for the teenager, I mean, really at that age, all I wanted. Was for someone to put their arm around me and go, "What is it? Me what too. is it?
0: Me too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Are you all right? Yeah. Because I think that's that's just what they want—is to be heard and seen. And mm-hmm. right, wouldn't you've loved it if some adult <laughs> thought
0: about that exact scenario, Christina, a lot? <sighs> where someone would have just said, "Hey, are you okay? Yeah, Everything all right, and it'll be okay."
1: Oh, and high school doesn't last forever, and yep. you'll be 18, you'll get out of this house, and you'll mm-hmm. go on.
0: Man, I do wish that.
1: Yeah. Or, or also, what I really resented as a teenager, when I was, like, goth and weird, is like, oh, you think you know everything. Oh, you think you're so smart. Like, the anger mm-hmm. projected at me instead of, like, something's wrong. I-, I think I sense something's wrong. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Empathy, kindness, love. Yeah. Would have been uh, better received.
0: Agreed. No, what about like to the violence. person, the grown-up person? The older
1: one? Yeah. Man, get your ass into therapy. hmm And especially now. I mean, I know you do ads. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Talkspace is one. I'm not going to mm-hmm. plug anybody. Yeah, but but it's so, it's so accessible. Mm-hmm. And it's on such a scale. Yeah. It's not just for elite, you know, bougie people in Beverly Hills. It's mm-hmm. for everybody. Yep. Yeah. You just have to talk. Don't hide. Don't isolate. That's mm-hmm. that's what you want to do when you're depressed. Is yeah. right. Isolate. Yeah. Eat your feelings. Whatever your feelings. Yeah. But the dark, if it's really dark, man,
0: talk to someone. Right. Someone like qualified. even if you have a good friend, that you yeah. can say, "Can I just tell you what's going on?" And oftentimes for me, just talking out loud and hearing myself think out loud is almost as valuable as what any therapist would say back to me. Not as valuable. You should go see a therapist. But if you're not going to do that, just talking, even like this today,
1: yeah, I kind of
0: said some things today. I'm surprised that came out of me. Did, <laughs> you, did, did you at all? Yeah,
1: like, no, I didn't think we'd go this deep. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't think we'd go this deep. I, I did, like yeah, it though.
0: Me too. And I like yeah. said some stuff, and I'm like, hey, I think I'm gonna think that through a little bit more after we're done. today. I <laughs> things that I said. <laughs> Are I'm you like,
1: gonna edit it out? No, matter. Like, like,
0: I'm not taking anything out of here. Today. Yeah, I, I feel like I think it's super rare that two people who outwardly appear to be successful, whether we are or we aren't, right? Like, just, like, have an hour or two that go, man, I went through this, I went through that, this is how I did it, that's what I did. It's like a very rare thing. This, what we're doing right now, and I don't mean to be rude, you've got an unbelievable podcast, Joe does, I was kidding, it is unbelievably rare that two people that have outward success of some type go, hey, man, let's just keep it real for an hour, right? Here's how screwed up I was. Here's what I used to think. This is what I did. Because I, for me, let me say something. You know what? I, my fourteen-year-old butt could have really used, or my twenty-two-year-old butt, to listen to this today.
1: Seriously. If I were
0: driving right now and I had a fourteen-year-old, be like, "Just listen. It's gonna be. <sighs> it turns out everything's gonna be okay if you do some of this stuff." Like, had I had this right here today, what you and I are doing, I don't. Wow, I'm not alone. I'm not totally crazy. Turns out other people are hurting too. Other people don't come from perfect houses. Other people struggle with their thoughts. Other people have pain, and there's a couple things they did to work through it. And guess what? Both of them have produced pretty cool marriages, pretty cool families, pretty cool influence in their life. So to me, that's incredibly valuable, what you're doing here today. And I don't know. I've heard a lot of your stuff. I've never heard you talk about any of this stuff before really? on something like this. So I've heard you joke about it.
1: yeah, But I haven't
0: heard you talk about it in depth like this before. So I'm like really, really grateful for yeah, it.
1: Yeah, maybe I should start talking about it again. I did for a minute and then I got, um... I don't know, I got over it. I think I got like... You know, where you're just like, I don't know, I'm done talking for now. Yeah, so maybe I'll go back to it.
0: Well, here's why most yeah. successful people, I talk about this in the book. Most successful people operate now currently out of their imagination and their vision, not their history and memory. Mm. And it's and that's a formula for bliss. Like you're now, it it is hard because like you are building a beautiful family that you have dreams for and visions for, and you have a career that you have a vision and a dream for. And so it isn't easy when you operate out of those creative places to go back and go, okay, here's what it was. It's painful, it's like, and to us it becomes routine. Yet, Mm. my vision and your vision and your dream for your show or your career serves like three people today. Right? Right. So (laughs) in this sense, having history and memory is what serves people in our own lives, and this is such a huge distinction, I don't spend almost any of my normal life, do you, thinking about history and memory. When I'm in therapy, I do, but my day-to-day is, what's my vision for the show? What's my vision for my business? What's my vision for the book? What's my vision for my dreams, where I want to go, what we want to do with our kids and our family? That's where I spend my time. But in order to serve people, Mm. I work out of my history and memory from time to time. Does that make sense? Yeah, Yeah. you you and Tom aren't sitting around every single day talking about when you were nine years old. It comes up, but you spend probably most of your time, what are we doing with the kids? What do we have for the show? Where are we gonna do this? Where are you touring? What's the new thing we're gonna create?
1: Of course, right? that's I, so it's a, good. But
0: that's an of course for me and you. Yeah. But I think oftentimes when people get too much into self-help, mm. they think this is where you live. And this isn't where I live every single day. Maybe this should be in the beginning of the show, frankly, because it's an important <laughs> lesson, right? Yeah. And that's probably why you're tired of of, of talking about it, because you don't spend yes. your time there.
1: Yes, because there's a, there's a time and a place right. to regress and to feel and to get sad and to cry about your childhood. And then That's why therapy's only 50 minutes, not even a full hour. And your shrink is like, all right, bitch, get back out in the world. (laughs) Go do it. Yeah, stop crying and go get after it. Uh, Yes, and I agree. I think there's a time for feeling, and I think we're in a lovely era Mm -hmm. that celebrates feelings and introspection. However, let's get on with it
0: now. Right, let's get on with living.
1: Let's get resilient again, too. Let's get a little kick in the pants. Come on, kiddos. Enough crying, right? Yeah. A I little think, tough love is okay too.
0: Yeah, cuz the truth is you got where you are because you've just worked your ass off
1: at it. Yeah, dog. Right? Yeah. And like you know what makes me crazy too mm-hmm. is everybody's like oh, I'm being um you know uh what's the word I'm looking for um oh, I can't remember the word discriminated against and mm-hmm. and everybody's everybody's so hateful now mm-hmm. and this and that and you're like oh, no, society's great now. 20 years ago, when I started stand-up comedy, do you think anybody wanted to hear a girl tell jokes? Mm. Hell to the no. And do you know how many people told me I would never succeed? Mm. How many club owners told me I wouldn't succeed? There's an entire chain of clubs in Canada that wouldn't book me because the owner says, quote, -"I don't book women." Whoa. That's how crazy it was. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like... I don't know. I, I also feel like... Anybody listening to this, like, you're capable of whatever the hell it is. If you're obsessed, go, dude, go. Don't listen to everybody. You're not victimized. I don't believe in this victim shit.
0: Well, you, Enough. it's interesting you say that, because, like, um, I was, we are talking about my f- Not, no, it's 50-50. I was gonna say all my favorite, most of my favorite comedians are women now. That's not true. It's about 50-50. But I do think about people like Whitney and, uh, Nikki Glaser and yourself. And uh, Margaret Cho,
1: I love those. And um, what's the good.
0: what's the tiny uh, little Asian lady who did the stand up special? Um, pregnant
1: Ali Wong, oh, only my BFF. I love she... her so I much. I
0: think she's unbelievable. She's fun. amazing. Ali Wong is the bomb. Right? I know. Like, like I just, I just, I think more and more. I was like, wow. Like maybe it's that I'm a little bit older too. But like. For me, having an appreciation for, like, the women's perspective and how funny it was and, like, the Milwaukee milkshake and these other <laughs> things that stand out. Like, let's be honest, i watched a whole bunch of Netflix specials all the time and different comedians I go. I've DM'd one person in no. my damn life and said, I want you on my show, oh. which was you. How long, couple last things, how long did you go in comedy or entertainment in general before you had, like, a big financial breakthrough? I just want mm-hmm. everybody to hear this because they're <laughs> sitting there going, hey, I've been an entrepreneur for two years yeah. and nine months. <laughs> and I am still not a millionaire. I know. You know, don't wow. you think like people's time frame of, like, how long it's, how quickly it's supposed to happen. Like, hey, man, it's been, you know, it's only like 30 months. And I'm like, I thought by now we would be finished.
1: I know. How long were you I doing know. from the. I It's a million. Like, you know Gary Vaynerchuk? Obviously, Gary Yeah, I know v. Gary. I did a yeah. speaking
0: engagement with him Saturday. Uh, yeah, I know Gary. I love Gary because he's got that
1: Russian dad, you know. Yeah. He's always like, you got to take, you know, he's always talking. It takes time. Yeah. Okay, bro, yeah. it's a marathon. Yeah, yeah it's a marathon. Yeah. Anything worth doing. How and... long was your marathon? Okay, I'll tell you. Okay, so, shoot, let's see. I started. Doing stand-up, I'm 26. I mean, literally, probably the Chelsea lately era. My last day job was 2006.
0: 2006 was a day job.
1: Meaning, I worked. I mean, at you the... had
0: to do something else in addition to comedy. Literally. I mean? So I worked. Whoa, at... whoa, whoa, whoa! Really?
1: Yeah. So I, I think so. Hold on. Wow. I'm not even. That's not even accurate. I bet 2010 is when I become a headliner. So 2010. But by 2000. No, I'm sorry. I'm, not, I'm not wrong. 2009 or 10. Is that's when I first started making time. money. And I start in, oh, I start at 26. So how old am I, I don't know, I can't do that. 20 years ago, I start.
0: That's insane.
1: Yeah, long time to be broke, dude. Yeah. Literally, I'd work a day job. Like, I'd work 10 hours, eight, whatever, 12-hour and days, and then go to the clubs. Wow. And that's just to learn how to do stand-up in LA. And then I want to become a feature act. So that, you take the leap of faith and you get a crummy job that lets you take off weekends when you can get the work, and mm. now you're featuring in Florida or wherever. Mm. So the last job I have, my day job, is like 2010. It's at the Girl Scouts of Greater Los Angeles. Oh my god! I'm featuring from time to time. I'm on Chelsea lately on the round table, right? Yep. So I get a spot. I was so broke, I had to go to the store and like check out clothes, is what I would say. From like these nice, you know, like a hundred dollar shirt, and I leave a tag Take on. Take the tag. I'd on. wear it, yep. yeah, on Chelsea lately return it immediately, because I couldn't afford it, and then go work at the Girl Scouts the next day.
0: Oh, my gosh. So,
1: yeah, so people come in and be like, weren't you on Chelsea lately last night? And I was mm-hmm. like, and now I'm working at the Girl Scouts. <laughs> That's
0: freaking crazy to me. So yeah. you're on the E! Channel, on Chelsea's show.
1: Yeah, on, as a round table. With, with
0: a shirt you're about to return the next day. Yeah. And go back to work The the Girl Scouts. And like, so, because so then- you spent so long not financially successful, yeah. do you worry now it's going to end too soon?
1: No, because Tommy and I have been very responsible with what we've done with our cash, and like it's, an, I I believe we've invested it wisely. It's mm-hmm. it's it's accounted for. We've always been, when we had two hundred dollars, we were always responsible with two hundred dollars. I love that. So yeah,
0: I say in every marriage, there's there's savers and spenders, right? Yeah, your marriage is toast if you're both spenders. You might have a chance if <laughs> one's a spender and one's a saver, but if you're both savers, you'll yeah. probably be ending up okay.
1: I hope so. No matter
0: how much money. Because same thing. Always like, I made 200 bucks, like 12 bucks went into a mutual fund or something at some point. Yeah, always did that.
1: Well, was that rich dad, poor dad, I'll never forget, where he was like, always pay yourself first. Always pay yourself first. And that's the first time I'd ever heard that. Yeah. I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. It's really, really good stuff. Put that into something, man. I, uh,
0: I, um, I knew this was going to be really good today. But I didn't know that we were going to go this deep, nor did I know that you're going to be willing to... I don't know if you call it vulnerability or not, but, like, like you just... I really believe that when people go see you, most of them probably already know you, but when they go see you and then they hear the actual story of your life mm-hmm. and who you really are, I just think it's unbelievably inspiring. There are people that say inspiring things. Very rarely do you encounter someone who's, like, an actual inspiring being. Oh, my goodness. And when I met you... I, when I saw you rather, I thought this is an inspiring being. I have this radar. It's hard for someone to inspire me anymore because I've been so saturated in th- this space, so to speak. I saw you and went, that's different right there. Mm. That's different. She's special. And you confirmed it. Actually, you extended it to me today. I'm really oh, grateful for you.
1: Thank you, I really yeah. appreciate you seeing that. I really appreciate you seeing it, seeing mm. me. Mm. Because I, I think you're right. I think it's, like... It's game-recognized game, homie. Thank you. You know, if you've been through it and you've come out of it, mm-hmm. you see one of your comrades. And and same with you. When I started listening to your podcast, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, dude. He's been <laughs> there, and you. he's Thank out you. of the darkness.
0: I um want everyone to go follow you. By the way, her podcast is freaking hilarious. Oh, good. Both of them, but, like, the one I've listened to the most is your mom's house. Like, it's just... <laughs> By the way, it's not quite as clean as it was here today, everybody. So just want you to all know. And neither is the special. Like you just need to be prepared for some uh, adult <laughs> sensitive topics. Yeah. But like, where do you want them to find you anywhere? Like.
1: Yeah, I love Instagram. I'm at the Christina P on Instagram, and then go to ymhstudios.com for all our podcasts. So ymh studios, we brought out to Austin, and um, we have five different podcasts that we operate out of. Uh, out of Austin. There's two bears, one cave, with Bert Kreischer and Tom Segura, my husband. Danny Brown just got his own show. I have Where My Mom's At. And there's, like, Tom Talks, Dr. Drew After Dark. And it's just a fun... It's a place where um, we can say what we want, like, much like here, you know?
0: And if you want to still experience an alcoholic at work, you get Bert Kreischer,
1: so... (laughs) (laughs) A shirtless one, too. shirtless,
0: hugely bear-looking human that's hilarious as well. Like, yeah. their stuff is just the best of the best. I, uh, I'm i really grateful you did this today. Oh, I'm so happy we yeah. did this. And you uh, you helped lots and lots of people, including me. Want to have you back on when you have another special on.
1: Yeah. And I do
0: want to come see you perform. Yeah, please do. And you come see me speak, though.
1: Oh, yeah. I would love to. Yeah,
0: I would love that. I wish you would do a little bit of that.
1: I know, right? I
0: think, I think maybe, maybe we'll get something cranking on that.
1: Let's do it. Because
0: you could reach so many people with your story. Anyway, go check out Mom Jeans, you guys. Just trust me, As long, yeah. make sure that you're ready for some adult humor. Make sure maybe, I don't know, do you want a five-year-old watching that? No, a, no, no,
1: no children. Yeah, no
0: children. Adults,
1: there. adults yeah. only,
0: please. Yeah. Please uh, share this, you guys, this episode today. I really feel like if you know anybody who's trying to move out of some form of pain in their life, that today's show is the show that they should be listening to and that you share with them, because you're just not gonna get two people talking about this stuff very openly, very often t- to this extent, so. Anyway, love all of you. Continue to max out your life. God bless you.
2: This is The Ed Milet Show.